Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, Pastor Joe. Father God, we ask that today you will speak through him. Father God, uh, give him uh, wisdom, knowledge, and an understanding of what he's going to speak about. Father God, we ask that um, as you speak through him, uh, Father God, we ask that you will fill him up, bless him and his family. Father God, we ask that uh, he will be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Good afternoon. Tell them it's good to see you. Even if it's not good to see them, declare it by faith. <laughs> All right. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, if you're sitting next to you, not unfortunately, I'm just saying something else. Okay, let me just say what I was going to say. Unfortunately, I can't finish what I um, had planned to share because time is eating into it, but hopefully I will conclude in the next two weeks. And then I was going to say, if you are sitting next to your husband or your wife, make sure that you mean it when you say it's good to see you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, this is part six of our teaching when the church prays together. And today I want to talk about the need for persistence in prayer. We have been focusing on prayer since the beginning of last month. And... Um, one of the things that I noticed this week was because we finished the fasting and prayers, um, uh, some of us may feel like, now we've done that, let's move on to the next thing. It's important for us to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to build in our spirit because of his will and purpose for our lives. So I really want to encourage you not to use that drive of prayer and fasting as a church event that you take. But rather, I want to encourage you to make it a lifestyle where you commit yourself to seeking the Lord in prayer. Amen? All right, so let's talk about the need for persistence. Go over a few things, our key texts. Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 to 20. Our Lord says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So we have established a few things about praying together. First of all, from this verse, we've established that the church can exercise the authority it has to bind and loose through prayer. To bind and loose simply is to allow something to happen or to restrict something from happening. Secondly, we've established that when we are praying with another person, where two or more are praying together, there must be agreement. There must be harmony. There must be oneness amongst those people who are praying if their prayers are to be effective. And then the third thing we've established from this verse is that the prayer meeting must always be done or exercised or, or um, executed in the name of Jesus. In other words, the prayer meeting must be because of our Lord. It must be to honor him. It must represent his ways and so forth. All right. Now, there are many things we've said about prayer. And today, I want to kind of repeat some of the things I've taught in the past. And those of you who've been coming to the prayer meetings, you would have heard me say some of these things over and over again. But I genuinely feel impressed to share this 
with you about the need for persistence in prayer. In 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17, the scripture says, pray without ceasing. Now, it does not mean um, don't stop praying. In other words, every single moment of the day, you must always be praying. That's not what it's saying. What it actually means is, is this. Don't stop persevering in prayer. In the Amplified Version, he puts it like this. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. In other words, don't give up on the issue you are praying about until you see an answer. One version says never stop praying. Another version says pray at all times. Now, the question that we need to ask when we talk about persistence in prayer is, why does an omnipotent God who has all power, why does he need us to keep on asking him for the same thing over and over again before we see an answer? Surely God is not deaf. Surely, when we pray, he's heard us. So what is the point? And keep saying to God over and over again the same thing. There are even those great teachers, I've heard some of them say something like this, that once we ask God in faith for something once, we should not keep asking him again. Rather, we should thank him and praise him for the answer. Because to keep asking him again is actually a sign that we have not believed that what we asked him for has happened. Sounds really good. It sounds, sounds quite logical, isn't it? Maybe you've said it yourself. However, when you study our Lord's teachings on prayer, our Lord Jesus taught the most about persistence in prayer. So even though it seems like it's logical to pray once in faith, and after you've prayed once in faith, then that's it, God has heard. Our Lord doesn't teach that when it comes to prayer. He teaches persistence in prayer. He teaches the need for us to keep asking God about the same thing over and over again until we see our answer. So two parables we'll look at briefly. Most of you will be aware of these parables because I've taught about them over and over again. The first one is in Luke 11 verses 5 to 13, where our Lord teaches about the persistent friend. So in Luke 11, verses 5 to 8, he says this. I'll just read 5 to 8, not 5 to 13. He says this. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now the next verse, verses 9 to 13. He says, therefore I say to you, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Is it there? So I say to you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it shall be opened. Now the Amplified Version reads it like this. Therefore I say to you, ask and keep on asking. And it shall be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and it shall be opened. For everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives. And he who seeks keeps seeking finds. And to him who knocks keeps knocking, the door is opened. The point our Lord was teaching in that parable is this. Even though 
A friend will deny a friend because he is a friend. Yet because that friend is persistent by inconvenience in his friend, the friend, just for the sake of peace of mind, will give that request. And he says, you are to approach prayer in this manner. The second parable is in Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. This is the parable of the persistent widow and the unjust judge. One of my favorites when it comes to persistence in prayer. He says, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Saying there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge says, or said, and shall not God avenge his own elect to Christ day and night to him, though he bears long with them. I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Now that last question, when the Son of Man comes, Will he really find faith on the earth? The Amplified reads it like this. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find persistence in faith on the earth? So, in these two parables, there's a clear theme from the Lord. The need to be persistent in prayer. The parable of the persistent widow that I just read is given to us to highlight the need for persistence in prayer regardless of the opposition we are facing. So the NIV puts it like this, Luke 18.1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. They should always pray and not give up. And then he gives this parable. However, the persistent friend underscores, the Lord underscores for us in this, in this parable the need to persevere in prayer in order to experience different kinds of breakthrough. Different kinds of breakthrough. Ask and keep on asking and you will receive. You receive revelation. Seek and keep on seeking and you discover new things. Knock and keep knocking and new opportunities come to you. These are different levels of breakthrough that comes through persistence in prayer. Now, one of the reasons why I think this is important is this. As a pastor, I am mindful of the many challenges that we all face. And often, we, because we are so used to an instant society, we tend to see the things of God through this lens. That we've prayed, we fasted, it should happen. And don't understand the other dynamics involved. Now listen, beloved, I'm not talking about prayers outside the will of God. That's not what I'm talking about. Maybe next week or so, we'll touch on some of the prayers God will not answer. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about prayers that God is committed to seeing manifest. And I am aware that many of us, we don't understand this dynamic of persistence in prayer. So our children that may be sick, our need for a breakthrough, maybe a job up, um, situation, uh, a, a challenge that is facing us. Uh, perhaps even as a church, there are things that we've been praying for for years and we haven't seen. 
and the temptation to be discouraged or to think because we haven't seen the answer, God is not going to give us the answer. One of the privileges I have had is having worked with the Lord for over 34 years as an adult. As an adult, worked with him for over 34 years, I can see over time the benefits of praying persistently about the same issue in my personal life and in the lives of others. Classic example is how I saw all my family get saved over a 10 to 12 year period where initially none of them or most of them were hostile, but over time persistent prayer broke the barrier of religion, broke the barrier of prejudice and turned all of them. And now the majority of them are members of this church. Hallelujah. There are things, bondages that some of us have that we think will never go because we've asked God to help us and we don't see change. I want to encourage you to persist in prayer. Because, again, though you may not see a change in your first year, your second year, your fifth year, even your tenth year, even your fifteenth year, I can announce to you, if you don't give up, you will see a breakthrough and you will see a change eventually. I am a living testimony. This includes oppressions of the enemy, where at times there are oppressions people are carrying from the family generational line, affects how they think, affects how they behave. I am a testimony of someone who was so demonized that when I came to church, I couldn't wait to get out. I wanted to come to church, well actually I didn't, but when I come to church, I couldn't wait to get out because I was demonized, there were things in me. And I thought I would never be free. And that kind of freedom even came within like a year or so after I got saved. My point I'm making is this, beloved. There is power, there is dynamic power that is available to us as believers through learning this key of persistence in prayer. All right, so let's talk about a few things about why we need to be persistent in prayer. Persistent praying builds up the power of God on your behalf. I'll say it again. Persistent praying builds up the power of God on your behalf. Help me with the time, please. Like I said last week, unanswered prayers due to a lack of persistence in prayer does not mean God did not want to answer your prayer. The fact that you did not see an answer to your prayer because you did not persist long enough in prayer does not mean that God did not answer your prayer. I'm going to show you in the scriptures. Most of you will be aware of this. Some of you, this may be the first you're reading. Turn to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. So we're going to look at an Old Testament example and then see how it applies to us in the New Covenant. Daniel chapter 10, verse 2 and 3. Daniel is narrating something in verse 2 and 3. He says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all. Didn't really have a proper wash till three whole weeks were fulfilled. This is a way of fasting. It's a way of fasting. So for three weeks, he had, he, he had a partial fast for three weeks, and part of it was that he humiliated himself by not having a proper wash. Hallelujah. 
It's powerful. Verse 11. Now, after the three weeks were up, verse 11, he has announced an angel appears to him. We don't know who this angel is because it doesn't say. Most think it's Gabriel, but we don't know. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. I don't know if the now been sent has been boldened, but in my nose I bolded it. I have now been sent to you. If that is your Bible and you can, or your iPad, you can underscore for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Verse 12, then he said to me, do not fear Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Again, if that's yours, Bible, underline, your words were heard, and I have come because of of your words. That statement is so powerful. I have come because of your words. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Now, this is a very interesting episode that takes place in the life of this great man of God. Daniel narrates to us how he began to seek God in prayer and fasting for 21 days, after, he, after which he received understanding concerning a vision. It is clear that he was seeking God about something that he had seen. And in so doing, it caused him to see something else so that he needed clarity about it. He needed clarity through prayer and fasting. He thought it was important for him to see God through prayer and fasting. Now, the angel informs Daniel that when he started to pray, God heard him and God answered him. In verse 12. When you started to pray, I was sent. However, the angel then says to him, it took him 21 days for when he was sent by God to get to Daniel, not because the journey was long, but because of the spiritual opposition that he faced. Now, some of you already are saying, this is Old Testament. It doesn't happen now in the New Testament. I'm going to show you that it happens in the New Testament. However, the angel said he was able to come to Daniel not because of God. Not because God is omnipotent, all-powerful, so he could come. No, God had done his bit. He released the angel. He said, I was able to come because of your words. During those 21 days, there was something you were saying and doing that empowered me as an angel on assignment on your behalf to be able to come. Because what you were asking was so important that the demonic principality of Persia decided to stop it from coming. I wonder how many of us have had our prayers hindered because we refused to persist. All our prayers were frozen 
in the spirit realm because we did not persevere when we felt or saw opposition. You will persevere in Jesus' name. I pray that you will catch the vision of the Holy Spirit for you and I as a church to persevere for revival. To persevere for revival in this city, in this nation, through your life. I am believing that you were made for signs and wonders. I am believing that the word of the Lord concerning your life shall come to pass. And it will come to pass when you know how to prevail in prayer. There are forces that are arrayed against the people of God. Because they know your destiny. They know what you are carrying. They know what you are going to be. They know who you are and whose you are. And they are determined to frustrate you. But I'm here to announce to somebody today. There is a key. There is a key. I said there is a key to persistent prayer. To be like that widow that said avenge me, avenge me, avenge me, avenge me, avenge me. And God avenged her speedily. That shall be the testimony of this church in Jesus' name. That shall be your testimony. You have to understand this dynamic. He says in Ephesians 6, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. These spirit beings are highly sophisticated, highly organized, very intelligent. They don't mess about. They target you strategically. They study you. You want to plant a church in Chiselhurst? They're not going to say, okay, give way. You've been carrying it for eight years and then you begin. They will make sure you know who is who. But I'm here to let you know there is a greater one. We don't have time. We don't have time. I only have five more minutes. So, I summarize it like this. One, Daniel sought God's face for 21 days. Two, the answer came to Daniel after 21 days. Three, the answer was sent to Daniel on the first day of his prayers. Not the 21st day, the first day. Four, his answer was delayed because of spiritual forces. And five, his persistence resulted in his answer. Now, before you conclude that this is an Old Testament example and it doesn't hold, I want you to look at James chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. James chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. He says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Look at the Amplified version of that. The Amplified says this. The second part. The earnest, heartfelt prayer, heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Look at verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, an Old Testament saint. 
And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now, when you look at this statement in James, you can miss the nuances of what really took place. So you have to go to 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18 to understand what really happened in both accounts. But let's pick it up from verse, verse um, 1 Kings 18. What you need to understand is, is this. Elijah prayed earnestly that it should not rain. And it did not rain for three and a half years. He says he prayed earnestly. So he doesn't show us how he prayed earnestly. And then the next phrase he says, and he prayed again. And it rained. So when you see and he prayed again and it rained, you may think that the first effort was more forceful than the second. So Scripture is very amazing. So it doesn't show us in the Old Testament the first effort, so it makes sure he, we understand that he prayed earnestly. Now remember, Elijah, if you read it in 1 Kings 17, he stood before Ahab and says, as the Lord God lives before whom I stand, there will not be rain for three, these three years unless I say so. And then he went. Now somebody reads that and says, me too, I'm like a prophet like Elijah. I'm going to tell them, as the Lord God lives before whom I stand, Brexit shall not happen. Or Brexit shall happen. Or the terms shall part. My friend, unless you are carrying some revelation. Now, listen, even though he said what he said, James said he prayed earnestly that it shouldn't rain. So he backed up his word with his prayer. But now, I want you to see 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18 verse 1. He says, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. Look at verse 41. So if you read the rest of that chapter, you find he went, presented himself to Ahab. He did amazing things, killed the false prophets of Jezebel and Baal, did amazing things, caught fire down from heaven. Then we come to verse 41. Now remember, God said, go present yourself to Ahab and I'll send rain. He's presented himself to Ahab. But let's look at verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So like a good Pentecostal or a good charismatic, he also will go home and eat. If he's like a good charismatic, a good Pentecostal like you and me, after he said to the king, go and eat, he also will go and eat because what? God said there will be rain. So let the word of the Lord come to pass. If God truly spoke to me as a prophet, he said there will be rain. I've told, he said, present yourself to Ahab. I've presented myself to Ahab. I've told him there's going to be rain. So like a good Pentecostal, a good charismatic, a great evangelical, or whatever call you want to add to your name, you go and eat. And what will happen is there will be no rain. And you'll be proven to be a false prophet. Not that you didn't hear from God, but you didn't fulfill your assignment. Now, look at what happens in verse 43, 42. So Ahab Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, 
there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode rode away and went to Jezreel. Now, I want to summarize this because of time. Number one, Elijah hears from God. Number two, Elijah obeys God's directives. God says, present yourself to Ahab, he does it. Number three, after he presents himself to Ahab, Elijah somehow instinctively knew that he had to pray. So he begins to pray through his expectation, the thing that he wants to see, the thing that God has told him is going to happen. He begins to pray through. So he prays intensely the first time with an expectation. After he's prayed, he says to his servant, go and look and see. His servant goes and looks and says, there is nothing. Again, if it was like most charismatics today, they will start saying things like, it's not working. Have you said that before? I know I have. Have you asked your neighbor, have you said that before? It's not working. Maybe you've obeyed the word of God in something and then you expected something to happen and then it's not working. There's a book somebody wrote called It's Not Working, Brother John. Fourth point, Elijah perseveres in prayer whilst looking for a sign for breakthrough. This is so important. Here is a prophet of God that God has spoken to. He is obeying God. And now he is praying to God intensely and expecting an outcome. And for six times, there is no outcome. Now, in case you think Elijah's prayers was like some of ours, a nice cup of tea, chocolate, hot chocolate kind of prayer where you fold your legs and equalable, Jesus, if it's your will, if it be thy will, let there be a breakthrough. No, it wasn't like that. He prayed intensely. He, he crouched as if someone gave him birth and prayed intensely. My personal conviction is that each intense prayer was for one hour at least. So it took him the whole day to pray through. And on the seventh hour, he sees a sign. He has a note of breakthrough. Elijah recognizes a sign for breakthrough. He recognized this is a note. He knows now we've broken through. And then six, he receives his answer from his prayers. Beloved, what I'm trying to show you is that it was this Old Testament example that James uses to show you and I as New Testament saints how we are to persevere in prayer. This is what he used. This Old Testament is where he said he prayed again. It was this Old Testament example of he prayed again seven times of intensity after hearing what God had said that he saw the breakthrough. I am praying that you will learn how to pray for breakthrough for your life. After you have heard God, after you have heard the will of God, after you have known the mind of God, you will know how to get a hold of God. You will know how to fast and pray and prevail until you see what you want to see in Jesus' name. So I conclude with this. Daniel's prayer and Elijah's prayer show us certain things. Elijah teaches us 
the need to be persistent. And Daniel shows us why. Daniel says you need to be persistent because there are opposing forces. They can't kill you. They can't hurt you. But they can't hinder your prayers. And Elijah shows us how. So I want to encourage you as men and women of God to be persistent in prayer. Whatever your need, be persistent. As you are sitting there right now, why don't you right now just begin to pray about something that is important to you. Maybe your husband and wife, there's something you're praying about. Why don't you right now before we change the order of service, we're going to take communion. Pastor Steve is going to come and lead us in communion. Why don't you right now zero in on the thing that you need to see a breakthrough concerning? Now remember, Elijah heard from God. He heard from God, but he still had opposing forces. I encourage you, as a man, as a woman, as a child of God, do not give up until you see your answer in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your precious people. I am asking, Father, for the spirit of persistence in prayer to come upon this church. We've been teaching on prayer a lot, and I want to, I, as I've been teaching on prayer, I have found it extremely difficult to pray at times. I normally have no problems praying for long, but as I've been teaching on prayer, I have noticed it's a lot harder, and it's normal. And so I am guessing that some of you have been struggling in prayer during this season of prayer. It's a good sign because it's a sign that they are facing opposition. But I want to pray for grace to be released on you. So if you are saying to the Lord, Father God, I want an increase of the spirit of supplication, of intercession, of perseverance, of grace in this area of prayer, why don't you stand right now? Why don't you stand right now? And as you stand, I want you to lift up your hands to the Lord. And I want you to open your mouth and tell him, Lord, I want a fresh touch, a fresh grace, a fresh anointing. And then whatever the Spirit of God tells you to do in response to your request, make a note of it and do it. For some of you, it will mean you repent of how you use your time. For some of you, it may mean that you become part of the church's prayer um, life. For some of you, it may be that you give up certain things. For some of you, it may be that you just simply continue to persevere. Lift up your voices right now. Begin to talk to the Lord. Begin to talk to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we stand before you as a church, I ask for the spirit of prayer to baptize this church once more. If you agree with me, say amen. amen. Father, I pray for grace upon these that are standing. I pray that they will have a fresh baptism of the spirit of supplication, of intercession. Lord, will come upon these in the name of Jesus. They will begin to call upon you afresh in their secret history. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. The Lord bless you. Take your seat. Steve. Hallelujah. I want the